May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he writes that suffering leads to endurance. Endurance leads to character. Character leads to hope. And hope does not disappoint because of the love of God. I'd like to talk with you about this journey because you know it. I hope not to offer trite metaphors nor a prescription to get through pain with four simple or easy steps, but rather the sense that you are seen and known on your way. As if from the valley of the shadow of death, you could see mountains called endurance, character, hope, and find grace to climb them like Kilimanjaro, or at least to know that one day you will. It has been said that a good sermon feels like something you've always suspected to be true and then somebody put it into words and you heard it and said, yeah, that, that's true. That's, that's what I've been experiencing. That's what I have come to know. And that's how I feel about Paul's claim in Romans chapter 5, verse 3. We know that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Let's begin with suffering. There is a damaging notion that suffering is redemptive or that God wants us to suffer. I don't agree with that. I believe that God's dream for the world is the flourishing of all creation, is abundant life, is deep satisfaction over cheap thrills, unspeakable joy that flies in the face of conventional wisdom. I'm talking about an Easter joy, which often happens after suffering. And this is the Easter joy that calls us to stare into the abyss and proclaim that even at the grave we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. So suffering is not what God wants for us, but it is part of our story. And I have found Paul's journey from suffering to hope to be true in the deepest sense. This is a journey through which the Holy Spirit shapes us and we are forever changed. And many of you know this better than I do. Truly, the greatest privilege of serving here has been walking alongside you as one of your pastors alongside Simon and Jenny and Karen and Denny. Through moments of suffering, we have together prayed, even this week, for a friend of a friend, a young man paralyzed from the chest down, hit by a car while riding his bike, praying for a miracle at the Shepherd Center. We have awaited diagnoses and planned for chemo and surgery and radiation We have lost pregnancies, prayed for infants in the NICU. We have buried loved ones. We have woken up on the day after the funeral and wondered how life would continue because that is how strong the pain was, cold, stinging, and numb all at once. Many are suffering still. 
Perhaps marriage is a pale shadow of what it once was, or it's ending, or it's over. Maybe your kids are struggling in school, or depressed, or anxious, or perhaps your job is exhausting, or meaningless, or gone. Perhaps your true love died, and you fear you'll never love again. Perhaps you feel pain in your body or mind. You know. You know what it means to suffer. You know what I'm talking about because you're a human being. And this is part of our story. Jesus knows this too. He cried with his friends and died for them. He prayed and he worked that God would make a different way. He proclaimed a lovely kingdom that Rome tried to kill Love killed death on Easter, though. And the Apostle Paul was one of the first Jesus followers, and he told us from his own experience that suffering would lead to endurance. And I think he's right. Suffering leads to endurance that we did not know we had. We dig deep, we keep on keeping on, because the alternative is simply to give up, and people are counting on us, and that's not an option. Winston Churchill is said to have attended a dinner gala as a surprise guest after the Allies beat the Nazis. Asked to share a word, he backed away from the table and dusted the crumbs off his chest, and he stood up, and he said, Never give up. Never, ever give up. Never, ever, ever give up. And he sat down. And that was the entire speech. So to those of us who are suffering now, never give up. You will find endurance because you have to, because God calls you to, and don't you ever give up. In these moments of suffering, God blesses us with endurance. In the words of the Freedom Song, Ain't gonna let nobody turn me round, turn me round, turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me round. Keep on a walking, keep on a talking, walking into freedom land. Paul tells us that endurance builds character. Because when we dig deep and we endure, when we find ourselves living into the better angels of our nature and serving the world God so loves, God then builds our character. And these are the times when we discover, or maybe better, remember who we truly are and God's deep desire for our lives, which is to love and serve the world. Of course, some who suffer will be broken by it. Others suffer from outrageous injustices like poverty, famine, and war. And I'm not saying that they should just take care of their friends and get over it. Nor am I saying that God wants us to suffer, but I am saying that God can make good out of suffering. That we can be tested and strengthened by the journey. That the fire of this experience can be like the refiner's fire, purifying and strengthening and clarifying It is no coincidence that fire is a common metaphor for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit of truth and agency, breath and activity in the world. It descends like tongues of fire on the Feast of Pentecost, and it makes possible extraordinary things out of ordinary lives. 
like yours and mine. And here we find the relationship between a triune God and our own suffering. A triune God active and passionate about a hopeful, promised, and preferred future and our own suffering. Paul says that character leads to hope, and hope will not disappoint us. Why? Specifically because of the love of God poured out into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And notice the verb. God's love is not dripped or trickled or served with tiny measured spoons. No. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God's love is poured lavishly and without reserve. It fills our hearts and truly hope will never disappoint. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his faithfulness. Because even in the midst of our suffering, we remember that God calls us to love the world as Jesus did. And this becomes the source of our hope. It has been said the church exists to give itself away. In a way, love exists to give itself away. One of my favorite theologians says, God is love, giving itself away for the sake of the world. So the next time you're suffering, see if you can give yourself away. See if you can help somebody. See if you can make a difference in somebody else's life. Because here you might find endurance and your character might be built and you might remember anew that hope does not disappoint. It is truly audacious, believing in God's preferred, promised, and hopeful future in the face of all evidence to the contrary. Here's what I mean. Gabriel Grunewald was one of the finest runners in the world. She's from my hometown in Minnesota. She ran for the University of Minnesota, and when she was 22, she found a lump behind her ear. It was cystic carcinoma, a rare cancer with a typical survival rate of five years. This was in 2009. The day after receiving this news, Gabe ran the fastest mile of her life, four minutes, 21 seconds, near the national record. All of us are terminal. She would say it's just a question of timing. But she knew that life was short and she did not have much time to gladden the way of those who journey with us. So she set three goals for whatever time she had left. Spend amazing time, quality time with the people she loved. Run as fast as she could. And help cure cancer. If not for herself, then for others. She married Justin Grunewald, and they cherished their runs together every day. Sometimes they would run in total silence, finding joy because they were together and alive. He was her partner, her companion, her best friend. He cheered her return to racing, and she truly was one of the world's finest. She routinely found the podium after national races. She won the 3,000-meter national championship in 2014, and that was the five-year mark after her diagnosis. She missed the 2012 Olympics by just one spot, which means she was the fourth fastest woman in America. She trained at this elite level all the while undergoing intense cancer treatments. She had such a following that her social media hashtag became Brave Like Gabe. After races, competitors would form a huddle around her, hugging her, encouraging her, praying for her. And then in 2016, Justin gave her a hug after a race, and he felt another lump, this time on her back. This time, the cancer was in her liver. 
Surgery followed and a thick scar came across her belly. But she didn't hide that scar. She wanted you to know about it. And she was one of the most promoted and sponsored and famous runners in the sport. But she wanted you to know about it because she wanted to inspire people who were enduring. She wanted to inspire people who were fighting cancer, especially the rare and the underfunded ones. She chose race outfits so you could see that scar. She started the Brave Like Gabe Foundation to fund cancer research and to inspire and support cancer survivors. She returned to racing again. She wanted to race for the 2020 Olympics, but she had to retire in 2017. And then a few years ago, in 2017, things took a turn for the worse. Many followed her Instagram posts where she and Justin asked for prayers. I would never have raised my hand to do this, she said in a 2019 interview. But someone has to, and I will. Gabe died on June 11th, 2019. May she rest in peace. Gabe died, but her life's work continues. And the reason I wanted to share that story is it does not have the hallmark happy ending. And yet, her suffering led to endurance, which built her character, which created hope for her and for millions more. She funded cancer research that otherwise would not have happened. And the reality is, as her, as her story illustrates, there is no way out of suffering, but we do find endurance and character and hope that will never disappoint and a community that reminds us of God's audacious and profound and transformative love because of the love of God poured into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit, whom with the Father and Son we worship and glorify. We can proclaim that God is our rock, our source of enduring strength. So friends, never give up. Never, ever give up. Never, ever give up. Amen.